Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by Parker Olin, the co-owner and creative director or I guess there's some kind of debate on which title we want to go with. So we, we landed on creative director at least for the next half hour. Uh, and also Weston Shepard from who from Mass Landing Brewing Company. Weston is the production manager, newly joining the production team this year. Uh, thank you for joining me, gentlemen. Thanks for having yeah, of us. Of course. And when did uh, Mass Landing open? Um, Mass Living opened, uh, well, it, it was kind of, it was founded in 2015. Uh, we opened our doors in our tasting room, March of 2016 to the public, um, in Westbrook, Maine. And, um, yeah, I think the rest is, you know, history. So when, um, whenever, Mass Landing opened. What what were you doing before then? What led up to Mass Landing becoming a brewery? Um, well, Ian Dorsey, he's not uh, here today, but he is um, our president and CEO and one of the co-founders. Um, he actually was in uh, financial planning and kind of got to a point in his life where he had a young family and he wasn't really happy with what he was doing and kind of looked at, you know, every, a lot of people have that point in their life where they're like, you know, is this what I want to do forever? Or, you know, should I make a change? And, um, he had been homebrewing with, uh, one of our other co-founders, Neil Frederick. Um, they'd been, uh, homebrewing on the side and on the weekends for a long time and decided, you know, maybe like, let's make this a real thing. Um, and kind of, it made the jump, uh, pretty quickly went all in on, you know, finding a spot, um, to, to open up originally, uh, they were looking to open up mass landing, uh, brewing company in the mass landing area in Freeport, Maine, but we're, we were kind of unable to find a good location. So ended up going about 30 minutes Southwest. Uh, to Westbrook, um, and and found a nice old warehouse, uh, and uh, kind of a grassroots effort. Not very much money in our pockets, uh, and you know started on small plastic fermenters. Quickly moved our way up to you know stainless. We were on a two two barrel system, direct fire literally on fire <laughs> um and and but with the success and the support from our community we were able to uh grow pretty rapidly to you know what we are today where we're at in a twenty thousand square foot uh production facility down the road we still have our original um location open as a tasting room but um yeah now we're on a 30 barrel system with um weston can probably well what's what are we at right now for tanks oh gosh we've got Eight thirty barrel fermenters, one fifteen and six sixty barrel fermenters, and more um, on the way. And more on the way as soon as as soon as we can get them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, we're, so I'm guessing. Sorry. I'm guessing you didn't jump directly from two barrel uh, brew house to thirty barrel brew house 
was there were there some tri- transition systems in there or yep, uh, well, did you did you make that straight jump um we would have if we could have uh no we yeah we were a little bit uh lacking space but yeah we moved up to a seven barrel um it was 2018 um so yeah we got a, a seven barrel system and for fourth the first 430 barrel tanks and we had seven and um we had that for a couple of years and then in beginning of 2019 or summer 2019 we got our 30 barrel on and finished production or finished uh construction on our production facility down the road do you still operate the seven barrel at the original brewery or is that just a tasting room at uh, this point we we don't um we actually we sold that but yeah right now it's a, a tasting room we do have some uh we're barrel aging uh we have some barrels we were we have a small mixed fermentation um program that was housed over here as well um but we actually just opened a second tasting room in freeport maine back in you know the town that uh you know mass landing technically started and we have a, a five barrel um kind of a, a small a five barrel system with a, a couple of five barrel uh, fermenters that are going to be uh, coming online pretty soon up in that tasting room. So we're really excited to be able to get up there and do some really creative stuff. Will that be used to do a completely different from what you're doing on a production level, like more experimental stuff or just kind of like tap room exclusive? Um, definitely. I mean, we, I mean, kind of a little bit of everything um when you're you know when you're we're at at the size of you know 30 a 30 barrel brew house it's a little bit um of a daunting task to you know try something like you know a little bit more out there because you have that much more beer to sell so we're excited to be able to do some um you know kind of r d uh and then be able to scale up to 30 barrel as well as um incorporating some of our other staff if they have ideas for, you know, fun ideas for um, beer recipes and working with them and getting our production uh, staff kind of like paired up with them and uh, to to do some fun stuff. I, I like when breweries do that. And there's a, a few local breweries that'll have like pitch competitions kind of mm-hmm. where any any brewery employee can pitch a a beer idea and then they all decide which ones they're going to make that year. Yeah. Yeah. To this, to this point, um, because we, we don't have the, the five barrel system hasn't arrived yet. Um, what, what we've done is, uh, had like competitions just for infusion kegs. So, so we take some of our established brands and for holidays or, or whatever it is, um, have people pitch ideas for, uh, for infusions and, and, you know, kind of flavor additions for those kegs. And uh, that's been popular, I think, both with our customers and with, with the staff. So we're excited to, to expand on that and give people an opportunity to, to try their hand at, at brewing and, um, you know, doing something, doing something new and creative. Is that with like uh, fruited sours and stouts to adjunct or just any any type of beer yeah no uh for the most recently we did we uh one of our most popular beers is uh, a peanut butter stout uh a peanut butter milk stout uh called gunner's daughter and it so we every year we do a gunner's daughter day and we'll do different adjuncts or infusion kegs and different like we'll, we'll do a coffee release um 
we did coffee this coconut. year, coconut. Um, but this year we we opened up to our production staff, and I think how many different infusion kegs did we have? Five or six, yeah. I think. And and everyone, uh, people come from all over. It's all draft, or we have a couple of can releases, but most of the infusion kegs, or all the infusion kegs, are just draft. So we got we had some fun ones this year. Also, we had some that didn't work out, but we don't. <laughs> we, we, one of our, my favorite ideas was the um, the what was it? Elvis's favorite sandwich. It was peanut oh butter. yeah, there were it was uh yeah the fat Elvis. It was peanut Gunner's butter. Daughter. Gunner's daughter with peanut butter, bananas, and bacon. And um, <laughs> it, it, unless that's like your favorite thing in the world, like you can imagine why that didn't really work out. But we, hey, we we wanted to see if we could make it work. And I um I think the peanut butter and banana would be really good. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know about the bacon added in. Yeah. Sort of surprisingly for that one, what uh, what kind of killed it was the banana was was super strong. Uh, and you couldn't really, it overpowered everything else, but it was banana is a very polarizing adjunct for beer. Yeah. Like people either love that or absolutely loathe it. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, the, the, although the funny thing is banana was like the most, the best part of that, the, yeah. the smokiness from the bacon <laughs> just, it was, I mean, we, we didn't actually put bacon in it, uh, that was going to be my question. Did, what, did, we, did you actually use bacon or just like no, a smoke? We, we used uh, uh, like liquid smoke. Uh, okay. Bacon. We tried a couple different. We had like a bacon flavor and, and then a liquid smoke, and neither of them. It <laughs> it was it was not greater than the sum of its parts. Uh, we'll put it that way. You know, all those delicious things did not make the beer better mixed together. I um, I'm very vocal in my hatred of smoked beers. <laughs> So I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna go out i'm gonna go out on a limb and i probably wouldn't have liked it but i agree with elvis peanut butter banana sandwiches are delicious agreed yeah i, I no, i agree um yeah I, I mean they weren't all ridiculous like we did one uh like the s'mores so we did uh our peanut butter marshmallow graham cracker and chocolate which i think by far was you know the the, the fan favorite for that day um and it, it was yeah, nothing really controversial about that mixture. No, it's, it's hard to go wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, agreed. Yeah. There was um a local brew pub that for a while had a pizza named the Elvis, where it used peanut butter as the sauce, and then I can't remember everything else. It was on it. Um, it sounded absolutely repulsive, <laughs> but my curiosity got the best of me one day fully expecting i'd be trying it and then just ordering else ordering something else to eat for dinner it was surprisingly good now you have me intrigued i'm a big <laughs> big peanut butter fan so so try try making a pizza and just swat i think it, it would think it was peanut butter sauce it had cheese on it i can't remember what kind of cheese and then apple slices that's legit. That sounds like uh, a snack that I would have had in like yeah, fifth grade. <laughs> There's probably a Lunchables that yeah. was just that. <laughs> right, let's um, let's take a real quick sponsor break, and then when we get back, let's talk about how you got into craft beer, Parker. What what led you down that road? So we will be right back. Sounds good. 
Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, are one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. All right, Parker, what uh, got you into the world of craft beer? Well, so in my past life, I... Um, I've always in my professional career been in, uh, like in the creative field. I was doing graphic design for a lot of actual, um, big beer companies like the Miller Coors portfolio, um, as well as like the Diageo portfolio with Guinness and also liquor. Um, and that was when I was somewhat a couple of years out of college and, obviously being around the, uh, I guess, alcohol and the beer industry. Um, the company that I worked with also worked with, um, Yingling, um, out of Pennsylvania, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. And so they're one of my, I grew, I grew up in Pittsburgh. There was a lot of, (laughs) there was a lot of Yingling consumed. So, I mean, (laughs) technically they're still craft beer, but I mean, you know, but yeah, so, they actually were a client of mine um, at the company I was working for. So I would take lots of trips up there. It's a long way from, uh, I was out of Boston uh, area. So it was, it was a very long car drive um, to Pottsville, but yeah, so I've always kind of worked in beer, but after, you know, having Yingling and kind of learning about their, the company and, and staying independent and, you know, how they support, you know, their community, it, uh, beer became a little bit more than just something I, uh, you know, I was consuming and got really into seeking out other local, uh, breweries and, you know, obviously smaller ones because Yingling is pretty big, you know, compared to a lot of craft breweries. And that kind of started my journey down through, um, you know, the craft beer industry. Um, and, and then, moved back home to Maine where I actually met Ian and Neil, uh, to the other founders of, uh, Mass Landing. And they kind of got me into the, the local beer scene. Um, I had a little bit here and there, but, uh, breweries like, um, Foundation and, um, Bissell Brothers, as well as they, they introduced me to, um, um, Russian River, they were, they had a friend that was living out there sending uh, beer back from Russian River. So that was where I really got into it um, and started working with them. I was doing my own uh, marketing uh, thing on the side uh, before 
mass landing and um, really got very deep into the uh, craft beer world and uh, and then jump back in when uh, mass landing was started started to uh, you know take shape. I always thought that um, Pliny was the first like super hyped up beer that was hard to find that didn't disappoint. Yep. I, I agree. Like back, I mean, that would have been like 2000. Oh, it was a long time ago. The first time I had it, but like it was the first time, like there was one of those like beers where it took me a lot of effort to get some. And when I tried it, I wasn't like, why, why did I put so much effort into <laughs> this? But it was like the first one. It was like, my goodness, people were right. This is amazing. Yeah, no, that was, I, I remember having it for the first time and it was like, Oh, I get it. And then shortly after, it was like Maine Beer Company lunch, um, which was easier to obtain, obviously, in Maine. But yeah. that was one of the beers. Like if I if I saw it on a draft list or, you know, was anywhere within realm of, uh, you know, Freeport, I was I was trying to get it. Um, and, and definitely was those two beers were um, some of the, you know, most, uh, you know, they they definitely carved out my palate it being in maryland we don't it i mean recently it started to change a little bit mainly covid um but for the most part we skip we get skipped over for any sought after beer that actually goes into distribution i mean like you look at your distribution map you even skip over us to be fair <laughs> be fair and we talked about this when we met in north carolina and yeah. i was like we've been trying to distro there it's just the uh, the process is feels like it's it's uh, uh, very hard and they make it very hard for someone to yeah sell beer so we're, we're working on it's that, not it's not the most uh friendly state from what i understand uh to the try to get your beer into <laughs> i think it, it has a lot to do with what like because of our county system where every county is a little bit different and the then montgomery count that one county is has its own rules. Um, well, well, anyway, to be fair, we, we I, I think we even have a contract and a distributor. It's just we haven't we haven't, <laughs> we haven't been able to uh, uh, lock in, you know, go full one hundred percent. So uh, hopefully, within I, I mean, I can talk to our our VP of sales. I'm, I think we're within like a month a month or so of being available. So. Well, that, that's good news. So hopefully you'll be sending some October sun down here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, you have to wait till at least next October. Yeah. We have December but, double um, sun. Uh, I'm sure you'd uh, appreciate that one. Uh, it It's definitely worth the wait because I absolutely loved that beer. Thank you. Um. So I guess it was kind of like just a... Uh, a gradual good did you did you ever get into home brewing or were you have you always just come from the the standpoint of being the creative person um i to be honest i've i've brewed one home i one home brew, excuse me one homebrew beer um just it was while i was working at um in my first the first real uh beer industry job and it was like a Saturday, a couple of guys that I worked with were like, let's go, let's brew a beer. Um, 
we were like so excited. It was called Space Pig. Um, I'm sure that there's like 50, 50 Space Pigs on Untapped now, but um, it was a red ale and it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> so we spent like so much effort into it and we we're like, well, I remember after we had it, we we're like, anyone want to do that again? And we're like, nope, <laughs> let's go buy a six pack. So, yeah, that, it is, that's it. It's a lot easier just to let the professionals do it and just go buy it. <laughs> yes, but I do appreciate the homebrewers because if we didn't have homebrewers, uh, what well, we would, the industry would run out of brewers in general, I feel. Um, it's a. Uh, it's, yeah, for some people, that's you know that's their thing. Mine is definitely not brewing. <laughs> oh, I I mean just from the standpoint of lazy people oh. like me, it is, <laughs> like it's not for people in general because like as you said, that's kind of like the the home uh, home education of the oh, yeah the the brewer pipeline. So we don't want that to end. But for me, it was just way easier to hand over money for <laughs> for an already packaged product that was going to be good instead of gambling on whether or not whatever i made was going to turn out drinkable or not absolutely yeah I, even with in my job i like i feel like i have the easiest part of the process it's like you know i i can do most of my job just sitting at my computer <laughs> i watch what they do they do on a day-to-day -day basis i'm like oof that looks exhausting <laughs> <laughs> so are you doing do you do all the label designs and name the naming and like all that side of the the company i do yeah yep um uh the label design um you know 99 percent of that sometimes we do have um uh melissa she also works in our taste room she's a very um a talented um artist uh she does a couple of the drawings on on a, a couple of our labels, but the naming, for the most part, it's in the gene. Um, our marketing director also helps with names, and we, we throw them out there here and there. But um, yeah, that's that definitely falls in my realm on the day to day. Um, but it also is. I was actually just joking today how I, I think I'm running out of ideas and I'm going to have to be replaced because <laughs> I was having a tough morning. <laughs> so, so please don't replace. Well, I mean, you guys did, you put a, I mean like, like a normal craft brewery, you're putting out a ton of single releases, right? Where it's new, a new beer constantly. Yeah, that is, so could, yeah, that's definitely a challenge. I mean, I love it because, um, that's, I mean, the, the, brand creation as well as, you know, the label design is, you know, one of my favorite parts of what I do here. Um, but it's also, it's like a gift and a curse because there's also that pressure. It's like here, you know, crank out, uh, artwork, you know, sometimes three times a week, um, and, and feel good about it and then show it to the world. <laughs> and so, uh, it's, uh, on a creative stance, it's, uh, it's a little, it, there's pressure, but, you know, I always say that, I feel like I have the best job in the world uh, for someone that, you know, wants to be, um, you know, be uh, a designer or, you know, or be artistic and, and also be in the beer industry. It's like it doesn't really get better than this. Uh, scrolling through your photos, I, I hadn't seen this one before, 
but your collab with vitamin C Stamos on drums and guitar <laughs> is pretty hilarious. Well, so that's the follow-up to our original Stamos on, uh, on just on drums. And then we had drums and guitar. What are we doing next? Stamos on drums, guitar, and, uh, Glockenspiel. Glockenspiel. <laughs> <laughs> is uh is is are those all with vitamin C? Is that like an oh, ongoing yeah, yeah, yeah. collab that's series? Our, that's our thing. The my favorite part about that is uh, John Stamos has actually uh, reposted um, a couple of them. So like of people posting on his story. So that was like that's the recognition awesome. that we're like, okay, he's cool with it. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we obviously did not get his permission. Yeah, there was um, they they turned it. They had a really quick turnaround. Um, oh, I can't remember the guy's name because I'm too old to really be like I'm too old, way too old, and my kids are too young to really have been into Blues Clues. But when that the I can't remember his name at all. But it was a few months ago where the original Blues Clues guy made a video Steve, and like Steve. the internet went crazy over it. Yeah, Steve. Um, a local brewery made a uh, beer that like didn't completely r- rip off his likeness, but it like you knew what it was. Um, and he replied uh, in a way it was kind of ambiguous whether they would be receiving a cease and desist <laughs> or not. <laughs> but they didn't receive one, so I guess he was flattered instead of. Yeah, we. It's, would- a, it's a fine line to walk. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we kind of just went full. Uh, we, we we just went full out on uh, on Stamos. <laughs> Not really. Uh, there's no real question on that one. <laughs> but I the scrolling through all your photos, you do that very little. Like there, there's well, but I mean, some breweries that's kind oh, of their yeah. summer, the, summer how they design labels. Yeah, summer 2019, we probably uh, peaked on that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I haven't gotten back to <laughs> yeah, we do scroll a that lot. far back far back yet. But at least uh oh yeah. Oh I forgot about the um the uh Carl Pounders. <laughs> with... That yeah, that was with uh Dancing Gnome and Perm- uh Permanent Hangover. That was a, yeah. a very fun one. Carl Pounders, the KFC <laughs> <Yeah. Christmas. laughs> Uh, I, I forgot about that one. Krispies. Yeah, no, we've done that. A, a couple uh, Nintendo-themed um, um, ones. Those are, I love designing in 8-bit, so that's a lot of uh, fun for me. I'm trying to... Had, um, who, I can't remember who. I recorded with Drecker yesterday, and I was wearing a permanent hangover hat for that one. Nice. I I enjoy his work. And the 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 um, guys at Dancing Gnome are amazing. Oh yeah, They're good good dudes. <clears throat> All right, I'll stop scrolling. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a you at least you did the Mario Brothers one at the right time because they have started aggressively going after breweries oh, as really? of like a few months yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of breweries that have received uh cease and desists from nintendo yeah we did that one that was with tripping animals down in, uh, the one that's larger than life is that one you're looking at um 
We've also done the Game Boy. I, we've done super wrestling moves with that. Yeah, it was lar- larger than life. Oh yeah, there's the little tripping animals guy, <laughs> poking up behind the, <laughs> the the shrubs. Um, but yeah, so I was just looking like you you do you turn on a lot of work. <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> So what, um, is there like a general design language slash theme that you try to stick to, or is it just, a, I guess, whatever strikes you at that moment? Oh, that's a good question. Well, so a, a couple, I think a couple of years ago, or maybe a little over a year, um, we, I mean, mass landing definitely has a nautical theme, um, but that, so we, we stray pretty far from that on uh, a lot of things where you can see a lot of our our releases and our I, I won't call them core beers but our rotation um, have the same layout where it's you know the re- I call it the window but it's a rectangle with the name below those usually that's what I, I'll do for a, a standard release um, but with collabs that's kind of um, within our brand that's kind of like you know go nuts have fun break out from that and and so the, i get excited for collabs because that's where i can kind of you know work on some ideas or something that i've had that doesn't really fit within our um our our basic theme where you can see there's a lot of like minimalistic artwork um you know landscapes um a, a theme for us and i always people um bring it up a lot is uh, that there's a lot of uh sons involved in our branding um not only names but You'll see most of our beers will either it will have a, a sun, a, a nice yellow circle somewhere in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, looking at perfect places right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, speaking of that, that's a good beer. I want to bring. Uh, so, do you, is there? Is it often where you like you get an idea that you really want to use, but it doesn't fit into the mass landing normal branding? Um, I feel like that, I, um, somewhat, but I think the other guy, all the other guys and, um, and girls here are, are pretty understanding of the creative process and, um, are pretty open to, um, I, I guess if I can get like at least one other person to chuckle at it or laugh or smile at it, then, then it's a go. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm allowed a, a good, a, probably too much creative freedom. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so um, not not very often. But sometimes I'll I'll table stuff where it's like it's a little bit more fun or or creative or out there, and uh, I'll table it for a collab, and then um, it, it sometimes comes out then. That's a, I always wonder, like, because there's definitely there's there's some breweries that have a very strong uh, brand identity where like no matter what it look like what the beer is or the name is, looking at it, you know it's from that brewery. And I always wonder is that kind is that make it easier or does it make it a lot harder if you have one person that's designing everything? Right. Yeah. No. I definitely think um, you know like using trillium for example like you can see a trillium can from a mile away and you understand you know you get that there yeah you know they're they're kind of sketched artwork in black and you know black and white or um yeah no i and that's where i was kind of looking at uh, or looking for with the the rectangle and the um and the, like in the name below in 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 
Helvetica. But the, um, yeah, I think it, it, funny is where I was trying to simplify it a little bit because we were coming out with so many uh, beers, but it also simple helps out on the, like the sales side where beer is being distributed more and, and cans are, you know, in coolers more. When you have a couple SKUs next to each other, um, SKUs being different brands, um, it's easier to realize, oh, like I've had this mass landing beer. That one looks like a mass landing beer as well. Let me try that. So it, it, it definitely there was a um, there, there was a, re, a, a specific reason about behind it. But um, but to answer your question, sometimes it makes things easy. Sometimes it, it, it makes things harder when my vision doesn't fit uh, perfectly inside a vertical rectangle. Is Pantless Thunder Goose a reference that I can't pinpoint, <laughs> or is that a inside joke? Um, it's one of those. Uh, <laughs> it was a. I, th I think it probably originated on Reddit, but it was like the. It's like just describe an animal without. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So it was like its name. Yeah. Real. Real. Uh, okay, like, like Danger Noodle is like a. Yeah. yeah so it's Pantless Thunder. Pantless Thunder Goose is obviously an ostrich. Um, yeah, so like no rope and all those things. So yeah, um, that yeah that came from our uh, VP of uh, sales. That was one that he'd had um, in his you know in uh, in his mind for a long time. And so when he came on here, uh, I think it was for the original brew was for his birthday. And so and then, but I mean, it's a great beer, and and definitely people uh, recognize it. I, I just, I just love how you said it. That it's obviously uh, an ostrich. Like there's no questions asked. That that's what <laughs> that's what a panless thunder goose is. Come on, yeah, I forgot that we are uh, we're audio right now. <laughs> yes, this, uh, if you if you're listening to this, Google ostrich and then say pantless thunder goose in your head, and then you'll get it. <laughs> Then, and then it is obvious. If you haven't seen an ostrich before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, is, that is interesting. I wonder if, like, that seems like you just take for granted that everyone would know what an ostrich looks like. But I guess there is a possibility <laughs> that there are people listening that don't. It's, it seems weird, but. Big into crap here, uh, not into ostriches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that Venn diagram look like? <laughs> All right, let's um let's take a real quick sponsor break and when we after that let's focus a little bit on you, Weston, how how you got into the industry and all that fun stuff. Sure. So we'll be right back. I buy my beer at District East in downtown Frederick, Maryland. They have an amazing selection of local and hard-to-find beers, and I love the option of making my own mix-and-match custom six-pack. District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick, in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks, they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. To all you craft breweries, wineries, and distilleries out there, listen up. Atlantic Custom Solutions is the real deal in providing you branded growlers, ceramics, glassware, and accessories like koozies, coasters, and keychains. Their high-definition digital printing, organic ink, and low-fire process ensures your brand is printed in ultra-high definition, giving you a one-up on the competition. 
We've used Atlantic Custom Solutions for uncapped branded glassware and couldn't be happier with it. Check them out. Visit www.brandmybeverage.com or give them a call at 434-286-4500 to learn more about how they can help you brand your business. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. All right, Weston, what brought you into the world of craft beer? Uh, I actually, I got my start in the industry, uh, or I guess industry adjacent in uh, hard cider for a a small hard cider company at the time in Vermont called Citizen Cider. Um, And as we had been talking about, uh, I was, I was home brewing and I was making cider and, you know, kind of playing around and fermenting in my basement. And uh, these guys got started up and I just walked into the tap room and kind of asked if, chatted with them and got to know them and asked if they needed a hand. And, um, you know, then that turned into a a full-time job (laughs) after a while. (laughs) Um, And then when I I left Vermont, um, moved to Minnesota, I started working for a brewery called Surly. Um, little tiny one, little tiny, <laughs> little tiny brewery. They, they, they were like the size of mass landing at the time that I started there. Um, okay. And so I, I got to participate in, in their growth and the build out of, of their, um, mega brewery and, um, and all the, you know, there, there was a lot of, a lot of learning and experience to be gained there. Um, and I've always found it interesting that there's a large bike company and a large brewery headquartered there by the same name that have absolutely nothing to do with each other causes confusion to this day uh, <laughs> yeah we've, we've done like some i just of, learned that today some cross promotional stuff um with them uh but yeah it definitely caused a lot of confusion they have like similar branding too it's like kind of edgy and uh, yeah because I, I ride all sur- like all my bikes are surly bikes oh, nice. so yeah. it was but I've never had a surly beer. So. <laughs> oh, well. uh, yeah, you'll have to change that. Well, they just they just recently started distributing in Maryland, also, but I just, I just haven't picked any up yet. Yeah, so they probably started filing the paperwork a couple of years ago, and finally. Worked <laughs> <up>. <laughs> All right, sorry, I interrupt you. So you were no, you were at uh, surly uh, while they were scaling up. Yeah. Um, and I, I was there for seven years, um, until this past spring. And, um, I grew up in Maine and, uh, decided to move back with my family and, um, and found Mass Landing luckily and, um, have, have been here since May of 2020 uh, or 2021. So, um, yeah, it's, and it's, it's been a, a fantastic place to land. Were you were you brewing at Surly, or what, what capacity were you working? Yeah, there? so I, I started out um, started out in the cellar, uh, and then I I was brewing there, uh, and then 
by the time I left for the past few years, I, I was the lead brewer. So I was kind of overseeing brewing operations at their, um, at their domain, the production brewery in Minneapolis. Okay. Um, actually, so at mass landing, who does, uh, the recipe development? That's kind of a, a collaborative, um, thing. We, you know, like you mentioned, we, we have like a lot of new releases and we like to keep, keep coming out with new and creative stuff. Um, and so, uh, Neil, who's the, uh, director of brewing operations or VP of operations, uh, and one of the founders, uh, he works with me on, on recipe design. And then we also try to involve our, um, our brewers and production staff, other production staff as much as possible. Um, and then Parker and, and Kevin are uh, VP of sales and, you know, everyone, everyone kind of has input, um, especially if someone's like particularly passionate about something or they've had something that's really good or um, whatever it is. So, you know, kind of like what Parker was saying, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pressure to, to be creative um, and, so we kind of want to crowdsource that as much as possible and, and not force any one person to, um, you know, to, to come up with everything. And um, there's definitely like a lot of great experience and a lot of great ideas on the team. How, um, how far out do you plan your uh, beer schedule? Are you, are you guys more of like a nimble where it's like a month to month almost or because of distribution obligations, do you have to go six months to a year out? It's a mix for sure. Um, we, I, I would say no beer is planned six months out <laughs> uh, unless it's, um, you know, unless it's something that we know we do like every, you know, January 1st or every summer or whatever. Um, but we, we try to stay pretty nimble, especially in, the, the current state of the industry and also with COVID, um, we want to be, we want to be responsive and we also definitely want to like leave some, some brewing slots open for, uh, you know, for whatever kind of, whatever good ideas come up and whatever, whatever collabs are, um, we're working on. So, uh, you know, we, we try to plan things out like maybe three, four weeks, um, but they're, they're always kind of open slots for, uh, for a collab or something, something cool that we're excited about. So actually, I, I don't, I never had thought about this before and I don't know why, but is that kind of something like a brewery, like mass landing will butt heads with, with distributors? Cause it seems like distributors do want that. I mean, cause what you figure until the, like the last decade at the longest that that's how breweries operated that were heavily into distribution. Like they knew exactly what was going to be done, but now you have the newer crop of craft breweries who are doing tons of one-off releases have distributors adapted to that. Or is that like a, something that makes the relationship more difficult? Um, I think that, in our position, uh, we the distributors that we've partnered with are a lot of craft-centric um, distributors 
that so all, they're all that newer crop of distributors that have opened with a focus on just like the modern craft brewery correct um yeah and so but it's still kind of a hybrid model where a beer like gunner's daughter for us we there are like we know that we're going to be brewing that and we have you know permanent placements where even though your distributor can be um you know craft centric but they're selling to bars or establishments that are you know still you know running an older model um that you know we if we have your you know, Gunner's daughter, if, if beer, you better have a keg ready for us. Or you know, if when we're out with the yeah. you know the, the next one, um, but uh, yeah, I think that. But then those same same bars can also be like, yeah, well, we want to have a couple taps that are you know rotational, and then we want to have some that are constant. Um, Maine is a very where you know the the majority of our beer is sold um, is a very big like just every tap is you know rotating once one keg is off um you know the next one on so you don't have you know, very few spots where you're like that's you know that's your spot um but i i think that that for that reason maine has become you know a, a very cool sp- uh, state for not only the people that live here but uh people visiting where you can essentially have one beer on a tap and then before you leave you know a new one's on there or you come back the next day and, and people get to have, um, you know, a very large variety of different beers. So I think it's a positive. And like I said, partnering with the, uh, you know, the, the distributors that we do partner with, um, that they understand that and um, are, are very happy and, you know, wel- welcoming of that strategy. So it looks like if I'm counting correctly quickly, you're in 17 different states? Um, that sounds, yeah, that sounds correct. There's probably a couple since that, I mean, that we're in the works or within, you know, that we've, um, I think, I'm not sure if Ohio is on there yet, but we're looking, you know, we should be, um, entering Ohio. Uh, hope I didn't break the news, right? Oh, <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> Mass Landing enters Ohio on the un- uncapped, uh, podcast. Yeah, no. So yeah, we, we have a, a couple more in the works like Maryland as well. Um, but yeah. How how do you decide what state you're going to go into? Um, I think there's a lot of different um, you know variable variables in the, in that uh, situation. I, one of the the easiest and the the most you know forward is we started in Maine. Maine is up on the top right corner of the you know the country. The clo- you know we border New Hampshire. And Massachusetts and all of New England, it's a very, you know, you can work your way down. We essentially, you know, for more or less worked our way down the East Coast. Um, we did jump New Hampshire because New Hampshire also has a little bit of tricky um, beer laws. But uh, Massachusetts was our second state and then New York um, and kind of branching out through there. There's also if we there's a lot of distributors that have, you know, um, headquarters in different states so if you know we have a good relationship with them and it's you know a positive um situation we could you know go into the state the bordering state Uh, okay but yeah then there's also just states that are really uh really great beer states um like you know uh oregon or or washington as um and well california so 
um, which is, I'm not sure if California is lit up on that map, but things like that where you know that, you know, beer is very successful there and it, it's always fun and, um, you know, a safe bet to be able to test the waters in, in, in new states like that. So you guys do a lot of collaborations. What, um, what is your motivation for wanting to do those? <laughs> I think, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons. I, I, we like to maintain relationships with, with friends in the industry. And, and there's like a lot of, um, there's a lot of learning, you know, like you, you can chat with other people about what they're doing and what they're interested in. Um, and it also gets consumers excited, um, you know, to, to imagine, you know, if there are two breweries you like and, um, and they put their heads together, then you're probably going to like the, um, the resulting beer. Uh, and you know, it's also, uh, it's also fun for us. Like Parker said, with the label design, it, it gives you, um, an opportunity to do something that's like a little, uh, kind of out of the ordinary or, or different from your normal, um, you know, from what you normally do because you're, you're accommodating sort of the, the ideas and the creativity of, uh, of another business. And I've always, I've always thought too, at least, especially as of, you know, like the last five or so years, everyone is doing such experimental things that you probably have way more that you can learn from each other than, any other time in history. Yeah, I think, I mean, that that's definitely um, a large part of it. Um, also, yeah, when you're planning, you know, with the email chain and kind of going back and forth, like, oh, you know, in order to add, you know, or like tweak the mouthfeel on this, we sometimes do that. And like, therefore, and back and forth like that. Selfishly also, one of the my favorite parts about collabs is, um, with just the industry traveling around and doing beer festivals all over the country, you meet a lot of people from other breweries and you're like, you know, and you become friends and you get to, Hey, like, let's set up a collab, you know, like I'd never been to Nashville and, you know, and because of the guys out at Southern Grist, you know, it's one of my favorite places. And, you know, in 2019, I think I went there five times for different, you know, festivals or and collabs and events. And so you know, like I said, selfishly, that's one of the best parts of, you know, the job is being able to, you know, turn, you know, something that's a productive work uh, event or, um, you know, a work day into being able to visit and hang out with, you know, some really cool people. What was it I saw you guys just did a collab with Barrel Culture, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. They did recently. Yeah. They, uh, it was on Friday. They were up. Uh, the, um, Ethan and uh, Zach were up here. Nice. What did you? What did you guys make? Uh, we did an Imperial Stout um, that we're going to. Uh, it's it's like inspired by. Uh, chocolate orange like uh terry you know what you're getting oh like this little thing just smack down to break apart whack and unwrap chocolate orange so uh we're just chatting about that and and we're pretty excited i think it's um so far so good on that one it's going to be a a big big thick stout um and i'm a huge fan of those chocolate oranges there's like a nostalgia component there um 
and I think we'll I think we'll do a good job recreating that flavor profile. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I predict that will go over way better than uh, peanut butter, banana, <laughs> and bacon stout. <laughs> you would think. No. Yeah. yeah. No. We're we're very excited <laughs> about it. Um, yeah. No. It was great to have those guys up there because just a couple months ago, um, I was down there brewing with them. I still. Yeah. I get to try some of that beer. They brought they they set, brought some of our collab up from North Carolina, so excited to try that. Yeah, they do. Um, they do stouts well. Yeah, so it's, very well. I'm excited. Um, what uh, what collabs do you have coming up that you're excited about? Yeah, we got we have a whole lot on the schedule. I think for this like January February, we're um, teaming up with KCBC. In New York, um, Proclamation, Proclamation in Rhode Island. Uh, we have a collab locally uh, with a brewery called Bellflower. Um, that's a really great brewery here in Portland. Uh, and I think there's one other one. Yeah, okay. maybe maybe that's it on the schedule. But um, yeah, so so we're definitely the dance card oh, is full. Uh, Calusa down in. <laughs> Calusa, sorry, Calusa down in uh, Sarasota um, in January as well. We're heading down to um, the Juicy Festival. We're pouring in that in, in Miami on uh, the 8th of January, if anyone's headed down that way. What brewery is, well, is there a brewery that you've never talked to or have any plannings with that you would love to do a beer with? Oh, you know, Cantillon. <laughs> i've always wanted to go to japan uh, yeah i mean i, I think we uh, kind of like we were talking about we're, we're open to um to to kind of anything you know if, if the beer is good and and especially if the people are are good <laughs> uh, we we love the opportunity to to meet new people and and you know kind of do some, get some cross pollination, um, learn new things and, um, do a little bit of traveling. And, and we also, you know, being based in Maine, um, I think it's, it's fun to, to go out traveling and then to also have people come back here and, and show them around. Uh, usually you know, in the summer, usually in the summer, <laughs> we're, we're very, proud, we're very proud of the state and, um, and, you know, we get some people that are, are traveling here and, um, want to stop by and, and brew beer as well. I have a, a pretty good idea of the answer, but where did the name Mass Landing come from? Yeah, that's so that's um, I think I alluded to it earlier. So yeah. Ian grew up in the uh, Mass Landing um, area of Freeport, Maine. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's an area. The history of the name is the, the uh, kings would come to that area um, to pick up the masts, literally because it had the t- that area had the tallest um straightest trees to create masks out of um but yeah so ian grew up there and um knowing he wanted to have some sort of nautical theme to the brewery when we uh when it was in planning um yeah and so clearly we didn't end up there in freeport originally and and ended up in westbrook just you know down the road but now that was always a, a goal of ours to open a tasting room back up in you know the original town where it began 
Yeah, it's a, you had pretty much answered it, so that's why that's normally one of the first questions I ask, but it just kind of slipped to the side yeah, those, when those, you just location, organically. Those location brewery names are um, are kind of pretty, usually pretty self-explanatory, like Tampa, yeah. Tampa Bay Brewing, <laughs> yeah. where, where they get their name. That kind of also like, although I guess you first you opened up not being in Mass Landing, but like there's. Uh, I've seen other breweries that did name themselves either from the street they were on or the neighborhood they were in. And it's like when they went to expand or move to someplace else, like had to like, I, I mean, I guess they didn't have to, but like would write up a big thing about why their name no longer yeah, matches. Well, yeah, no, I, I do think like, and this is just a, like a personal thing that being named mass landing, I feel like our brand, um, is accepted you know on the coast like you know above yeah. other spots but yeah i think there was a uh, i think the brewery ragged island out of i think it's rhode island is actually named after a island in maine and <laughs> so, uh which is kind of funny I, I think i think that's what i met one of the owners um and told me that i guess they just really liked it there yeah it's a cool name <laughs> What is um? What's your favorite style of beer, Parker? Um. Wow. Um. I think I think like most people, I kind of I go on a I have kind of on a, a, a rotation. Um. Right now, I I'm in the winter. I drink a lot of I'd say like lagers, um, lighter beer. Summer, that's like when I drink all the IPAs. I love you know a, a great New England style IPA. Not too sweet, not too bitter, um, you know, right in the middle. But yeah, right now, um, I want it as crispy as possible. <laughs> what about you, Weston? Uh, I I'm a big fan of West Coast IPAs. I'm kind of um, I don't know, like what second second wave craft yeah. craft brewing. Um, but I I am I am more of a hop head. Anything with with hops in it, I'm I'm usually a fan of. Um, but you know, it's also whatever the next beer I, I try. So I, I always like to try something new and something creative. My wife surprised me this past weekend by coordinating with two local breweries to brew a West Coast IPA for me for my birthday. Wow, nice! <laughs> it turned out good. That's awesome. <laughs> um. So I also am very much enjoying West Coast IPAs right now and, and very happy that they are getting the resurgence that they deserve. Yeah, we're, we're seeing we've we've been brewing some West Coast IPAs. I mean, I think we're known for New England, hazy, um, you know, kind of chewier, juicy IPAs. Um, but we've found our West Coast IPAs, I think, have been successful and we've also been brewing. Uh, like we've got an export stout coming out. We've got a, an amber ale. We brewed a Scottish ale, and, and we found that um, I think I think the time is ripe for uh, you know like a more a greater diversity in styles. Like Parker was saying, we've got some really great lagers um, that that we brew year round, uh, and they're they're finding an audience. I think people um, you know the kind of the mono monoculture or whatever the the um, obsession with uh, like a single style with, with hazy IPAs is, uh, 
I think that's kind of diversifying, like you were saying. And uh, so we're really excited about that because it allows us to get to get creative and to have like a lot of diverse options on tap. I think that that just answered one of my next questions was, is that what mass landing specialty or kind of what you're most known for is, is hazy, hazy IPAs? Yeah. I mean, we also, uh, our gunner's daughter, which we've talked about a few times, our, um, yeah. uh, our milk stout, peanut butter milk stout is that's what we brew the most of more than any other brand. And I think, uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic beer and people, there are diehards out there, gunner's daughter diehards, um, so that would probably be what we are most known for. And then uh, beyond that, it would be the craftbeer.com called it new and noteworthy. Oh, oh. Look at that. <laughs> it's not new to us, but it's definitely noteworthy. That was, yeah, that may be an older. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's from 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that one. No, yeah. the uh, <laughs> no, it, it, It's funny, though, where it was kind of a thing we were doing. The Gunner's Daughter was a uh, it was never you know, and a lot of, I think of this happens a lot of times. It was like never meant to be, you know, that big. And now, you know, for a while it was almost 50% of what we were brewing. Um, but I, I do like the fact that we're able to, um, ha be able to brew many different styles and have, you know, our supporters and, you know, bars, restaurants, you know, uh, beer stores, all, um, embracing, like these styles that are kind of coming back and, and, and you know, filling out a portfolio. Wait, how, how was it derived from an old nautical punishment? Oh boy. Was that? Um, Explain oh, that. So, <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, at its, to break short story, a long story short is the gunner's daughter is the daughter is the cannon on the ship. So you have the 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 person who's manning the cannon, his daughter that they would call would be all the cannons. Um, there is a uh, kind of a, a punishment for someone that was on the ship that was you know was not doing or was not doing what they were supposed to do or whatever mutiny. <laughs> they it was called kissing the gunner's daughter, um, where. If you have to like, kind of lay on the cannon and press your lips to the cannon, and they would um, whip you as punishment, and if you brought your lips oh, off, geez. If you brought, <laughs> yeah, you asked. Um, <laughs> if you brought, if you brought your lips off of the cannon, um, you would, you'd get punished again until you weren't bringing your lips off, and usually that was because you passed out <laughs> from being punished yeah so cool <laughs> feel free to edit that one out um <laughs> no that, you have to put that, the mature that. rating on this uh <laughs> this <laughs> explicit um yeah no but we we um but yeah it really i mean that's a long story but we thought it was kind of cool yeah. how like back in the day they called the gunner's daughter was a cannon and that's kind of you know the connection to it but you know it it, it derived from a much less darker yeah yeah but you know that's not what that's not what we uh connected with just kind of that you know kind of cool symbol of a symbolism of, of a canon i'm guessing from the description of it it's one of those ridiculously dangerous stouts that don't taste even remotely like the 10 percent 
that it packs? Well, yeah. So we have we have Gunner's daughter, and then we have Imperial Gunner's daughter, and then we have ba- Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Gunner's daughter. <laughs> um, so the the one that um, is it's more of a session stout. People call it. Um, I, we don't really use that term, but the the original is only five and a half percent. Okay. So it's like it's you know you can have one and it, um, it's um, you can you can have one and not it's not too dangerous, but the both the Imperial and the bourbon barrel aged Imperial uh, still uh, can definitely uh, get you in trouble if you're not paying attention. What does uh, Mass Landing have coming up that you guys are excited about? We've got, we have a ton of stuff uh, that I think I, we're all really excited about. Um, we have a, that vitamin C collab uh, that I, or a, a new vitamin C collab um, not named after John Stamos this time. <laughs> Branching out. Uh, that's a, a double IPA, hazy double IPA. We have a triple IPA um, that is going to be super tasty. Um, we also have, uh, we, we did a collab, a non-brewery collab um, with uh, a professional disc golf player named Simon, Simon Lazat. Um that's releasing on Saturday on Saturday um, where we, we brewed it. Uh, he came to the brewery and kind of toured around and um, <clears throat> and worked with us on, on creating the recipe for that beer. Uh, so those are uh, the hop forward stuff. Um, that's what's what's coming up. We also I mentioned um, have an export stout coming out um, and a, a hoppy amber ale we just released scottish ale so we, we've been busy uh recently but, uh yeah uh, what did i miss no no i was thinking but beyond just beer well actually beyond the releases we um i think we talked about we're excited to get our, our um you know smaller five barrel system up in freeport um that'll even be uh, make us be able to do some even you know branch out a little bit more and and with creativity, as well as we have four lagering tanks in the additional um, 60 barrel tanks that we have. So, um, yeah, we got a good amount of growth still still in us um, in the near future, which is exciting. Yeah, um, I did. We, we were talking or I was talking about, um, you know, styles, different styles coming back. And we also have a Schwartz beer. Uh, we, we're like Parker said, we've got some new lagering tanks um, coming online soon, and um, you know we'd love to to brew more. We've been brewing some really great lagers, um, and Schwartz beer I think is a style that a lot of people aren't super familiar with, but um, it's uh, it's going to be a tasty one this this winter, early spring. Um, so yeah, we, we you know we're always like you said, always trying to trying to do new things and um and make sure we're we're keeping people keeping the uh the brand mix fresh i guess where do you guys uh pull your inspiration from i i think it comes from all over <laughs> um you know we I, we try to get feedback like from our sales team and and people who are out in the market and and talking with accounts um and and then just internally you know i think like the people who work here everyone who works here really loves beer uh and and different people like different styles and um and i think for me personally you know 
I, I keep saying like we want to keep things diverse and um, and make sure that we have a lot of really high quality options, no matter what kind of beer drinker you are. Um, and, you know, and we also, if, if, if we never say no to a good idea, I guess, <laughs> and especially with uh, when the pilot system's up and running in our Freeport tap room, uh, I think we'll be able to try out a lot of other things too. Yeah. And I think also just, you know, having beers from other breweries and, and kind of, you know, those experiences um, also, you know, inspire us a lot for, um, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of breweries that we, um, you know, we look up to and um, yeah. And, and, you know, take notes from styles and, and beers that we had that we'd love to be able to create ourselves. Yeah. Will the, um, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say the, the other thing uh, that's worth mentioning is, is that Portland and, and Maine in general, there's a, there's a really fantastic food scene here. Um, and I think also just kind of like what nowadays people call like makers, you know, there, there's a lot of small businesses and um, small produce, food producers and farmers. And um, so I think that's like, there's just a culture. There are so many breweries here and, and so many fantastic restaurants and, um, and creative like food enterprises that it's, it's hard not to, it's hard to ignore that, I guess. I think that that kind of stuff really like energizes us creatively and um, and keeps us on our toes, like that culture here in Southern Maine. I have, oh, is the um, will the five barrel system be draft only, or will you, will you do like real small can runs made off of there? The possibility exists. <laughs> um, you know, logistically. It, it's kind of hard, but we do have some portable tanks, um, so we could we could potentially, uh, and, and I think we will for sure. I, I don't know how regularly we'll do canning runs, but probably like for um, you know, especially for bigger beers, we would we'd put them in cans. I think more more common it would be that that we'd pilot something on that small system, uh, and if if we really like it or if customers respond well, then we would scale it up for. Um, for the large 30 barrel system. Okay. Is there anything that you guys want to uh, talk about that we haven't touched on yet, or if we covered everything that I should know about mast landing? Um, no, I'm, I'm trying to think back if I said anything that's going to get us in trouble. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think uh, uh, I, I, we, we covered a lot. Yeah, I think I've I've only had to go back and edit stuff out for legal reasons twice. So, but there there was nothing that was thrown up as a red flag uh, during our conversation. <laughs> I was uh, I was on a radio show once in Minneapolis for Surly, and beforehand, like they our marketing guy prepped me, and he was like, "We're brewing this beer, and, and we brewed it like in collaboration with a restaurant." But he was like, "You just can't say it's exclusively available at this restaurant because that's." illegal and of course like the first i was like and everyone you know Mango <laughs> x-man it's exclusively available at whatever on the water. and everyone in the studio like was just like dude like even the people who didn't work for Surly were like we all heard this guy say not to do that <laughs> so i appreciate you had that. one job yeah exactly i appreciate that this is live uh, and i can uh, at least i had 
a little bit of runway to make some mistakes. That being said, we have an exclusive beer now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Uh, thank you so much uh, for your time. I look forward to the day that uh, your beer can be picked up in Maryland. Uh, could be tomorrow. Could, could be 2024. <laughs> uh so thank you so much for your time and uh thank you everyone for listening thanks for having us chris good to meet you we appreciate the opportunity the uncapped podcast is produced by graham cullen and me chris sands be sure to like us on facebook and if you've enjoyed these podcasts please leave us a review on google play or the itunes store a special thanks to double motorcycle for providing our theme music thanks for listening Oh my God, that's good.